You know, one of the things with being me, uh, I don't know if Kenny feels that way. I, you know, we we, ne- we never, we don't really know what we are, right? Because we're not actors in the traditional sense. Um, so, you know, what the fuck are we? You know, to me, I, the closest I can say is I'm a personality. But, um, you know, we, we got away with a whole lot of shit, especially on Showcase, uh, that I... I I've I've said this lovingly that it was neglect, you know, on their part, uh, you know, and thank God for it. They might, you know, I wasn't in the offices. Maybe they just loved it and said, let, let them do their thing. They're doing a great job. I don't really know. Somewhere, I believe they said they were, it cost you guys 400000 an episode at one point? I think so. How, how does that, I don't know much about the biz or how the, like, how the pricing works. How does that work? That seems like an excessive amount of money for to someone like me looking from the outside. It makes sense for you. It makes sense for your fans. But if you like took that out of the equation and just show that to like a random person on the street, you're like, wait, what? what someone, <laughs> someone actually wanted to get <laughs> fingered by this guy. Yeah. Again, you know, I, I don't like calling fingered. Okay. I, like, I like exam. Okay. okay. Fair, fair. We are good to go. Spenny, welcome to the Board with Nelly podcast. Um, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. I'm a big fan of the Nelly? show. Are I you am Nelly? Nelly. I am Nelly. That's my nickname. That's a girl name, isn't it? Nelly? It's the most common. You know how you guys get a lot of jokes that you hate over and over again? That's like, that's the number one thing for me. Nelly Furtado. It's, well, I was thinking uh, uh, Nelly. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of something else, but you okay. The Canadian singer, right? The gen? No, I'm not. I, I don't know who she is, but I've heard of her. But no, I just Nelly. Someone's a Nelly, is if she's a female, like a wimp. But you know what? <laughs> I don't like all these old labels. So let's yeah. move on. Yeah, true. So I wanted to ask the origin. First content I've ever seen from you and uh, Kenny was the pilot movie, and I was wondering what was life like before that. Were you just finishing like film school, trying to get into the scene? Um, Kenny, uh, geez, before you're talking about before Kenny versus Spenny came out before, even before, like during the pilot documentary that you guys did, um, like the movie, um, oh, 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 pitch, you mean pitch. Sorry. I don't, I even wrote pilot. Why the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. The pitch. Yeah. That was a really good, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that was, uh, I think basically, you know, the, the events were, uh, Kenny and I, uh, met, we, fell in love with uh, making little videos, uh, mostly home videos uh, with uh, Kenny edited. And uh, we had a super 16 video camera, I think it was called, or a 16 video camera. And we were running around Toronto making a movie with Bobby, who's uh, Uncle Bobby from the series. Uh, We uh, collaborated on a few things and we just really liked it. Um, and we sort of, uh, decided that we were going to get into the business through writing a script, which we wrote. And then we, uh, naively decided that we were going to sell it ourselves. And we got on the phone, uh, and started calling, uh, uh, actors, agents and this and that. And we're just given the runaround. They had wanted nothing to do with us. We didn't have representation. We weren't in LA, blah, 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 blah. And uh, we we somehow had the idea, let's film this train wreck. And that was the birth of pitch. And the most amazing thing was that we raised the money to make it. <laughs> right. It was shot on um, 
uh, Super 16 film. And then we blew it up to 35 uh, when we felt it was good and we were getting some, ex- ex- we were getting accepted in some of the festivals. So that's where the wolfish money came in. That- yeah, I don't, I saw this meme. I don't understand this meme. What's the wolfish owes me 10K meme or whatever? Oh, um, well, it, it's it's really a business uh, decision that a guy named Wolfish made to become a producer on the film. Uh, and uh, we he paid for that uh, with $10,000, which we immediately spent on the blow up, which was, uh, I think, $60,000. Wow. And um, yeah, it was expensive. And um, and then he just started uh, asking for his money back, all like constantly calling uh, regretting his decision. The money was gone. And just to get him to stop calling, I made the mistake of, you know, uh, saying that, look, if, if I can, I'll pay you back. I left myself a lot of wiggle room. I just wanted the phone calls to stop. Right. And, uh, uh, Kenny, uh, who's a brilliant gaslighter, uh, as they, <laughs> it's the new word they use, uh, yeah. gaslit the whole thing till I killed his dogs. And, um, and it just, you never know what, what things, you know, certain things take off, like kissing them in Amsterdam, which yeah. <laughs> owing wolfish money that, you know, and here we are, you know, 11, 12 years later and yeah. people are still going on about it. It's, I just it's didn't annoying. understand it's the annoying and it's boring, but you know, it, yeah. it shows that people are like the show. So I can't get that upset about it. What was the goal with the movie? Was it to see like behind the scenes, how much of a struggle this is and maybe to, Tell you know, people. I I think it was more narcissistic than that. I think I I, I think um, we we really had never pondered putting ourselves on camera. So I think once we decided to do that, it really became about how to make an entertaining movie with this premise of us trying to sell the script. It turned out to be a sort of cautionary tale, I would say, about Hollywood. But I think most people know. They should know it's very difficult to sell a script in Hollywood. Yeah. Was that it's, like the lighter that kind of sparked this? Like you guys want to have more camera time and yeah. Yeah. Work oh, on yeah. the dynamic. I, I, well, that happened as a result of uh, we made the show. We got into festivals and we'd sit and be invited to festivals that it was in. And we'd sit with the audience and we noticed that they were laughing. And, <clears throat> you know, our comedy uh, nerdism uh immediately sort of kicked in to the, oh my god we're a comedy duo i'm right. a straight and he's the crazy guy <laughs> the, you know the difference is and what makes the thing unique is that it's a it's a very natural real not put on you know right. so when you had like abbott and costello you know or laurel and hardy you know laurel was you know uh you know the comedic ge- you know genius and did a lot of the writing and you know, worked hard on the production end of things. So it was an act, right? Where with us, we try to minimize the acting uh, as much as possible. And that's just by virtue of this, this new genre, uh, which I think Tom Green, you know, really got going, which is this reality comedy genre. So, you know, that's basically what pitch was to us. It was a confirmation that we, we could be funny and that we could actually be on camera. But you guys were friends before this long before this, you guys have known each other for a long. Is it, do you think it's like almost destiny that you both loved film and being acting? And cause that seems like a crazy, like statistical anomaly that you guys would be in the same genre of work. Yeah. I mean, and furtherly weird is that I'm older than he is and we became close friends because 
we had a thing in Canada. Where are you? Are you in Canada? I'm in, yeah, I'm in Windsor. I'm in Windsor. Okay. You're, oh, you're in Windsor. So uh, I spend a lot of time there, actually. So look, so basically, um, you, uh, what was the question? <laughs> I was saying, like, isn't it kind of weird that you guys both found each other? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that, that was uh, our fathers were friends. So we knew of each other. And what really, I think, solidified it was uh, I had no uh, uh, compunction to get serious towards uh, the end of uh, grade 13, which was now high school, end of high school. Right. When all my friends, you know, Jewish academic uh, wannabes and, and, and some were, they sort of got serious around grade 13, right? Because in Jewish homes, education's extremely important. So I didn't have that. I didn't want that. So I naturally gravitated towards the younger kids who were still partying and having fun. And that's how Kenny and I really became friends, even though we knew each other since we were very small because our fathers were friends. So, um, yeah, gravity so, towards so, so I don't know. I mean, it, yeah, it's always lucky, but everything in life is lucky. Sure. Just getting, being born. <laughs> sure. So did you move to L.A. after that movie or did you spend any time living in L.A.? We moved to L.A. after the movie because we had a, a, a woman who uh, was connected to a guy named David Tochterman, who was the talent executive for Will Smith's uh, Overbrook Entertainment. And I guess she had seen Pitch in one of the festival screenings and thought that we had a, a, a relationship or an act or whatever you want to call it that would be better for TV than movies. And um, so she got us a development deal. And we each got what seemed like a lot of money back then. Uh, and, we, and we moved out to L.A. and we, we pitched the show and pitched the show. And uh, finally, USA Network picked it up, which and it was the worst pitch meeting we'd ever taken in our lives. Why? You know? Why was it bad? Well, it was we were pitching one guy named Stephen Chow, an Asian-American guy, I guess. And uh, he didn't smile. He didn't laugh. He didn't show any inkling that he even understood or got the show where other pitch meetings, we were like giving high fives and we did it and they, they, they passed almost. Right. So we, we did the pilot uh, there for KVS and halfway through, they pulled the plug on us. They didn't have the same idea we did of what the show was. And uh, we were too probably naive to listen to them and realize the power of, of, uh, an executive in the United States. Anyhow, so um, so that's really that's really what happened. And we ended up because we did go to film school, finishing the finishing the pilot ourselves. And then um, we stayed in L.A. and lived, you know, a very frugal existence because we had blown through the Will Smith money. And and then uh, John Moranis had seen the pilot and he was uh, with Alliance Atlantis. And uh, he uh, started his own company and he took us on, took us out and uh, we sold the show to CBC, 26 episodes. And then Matt and Trey got involved around season three or four. They did one season with us. We were on Comedy Central, which was a great money making year. We got paid. And then um, that sort of tanked in the States and it really did, wasn't given a chance to succeed. So, I, you know, I'm not surprised by the result. Um, and uh we we got kicked off CBC. Actually, before that, I'm going out of order. Yeah, there was a lot of cancellations, so it's okay if you forgot. Show, showcase picked us up, which was a real great thing because most most you know when CBC passes or you know stops doing a show, it's usually dead. 
you move on, but they took it because we had a, a fan base. We were just on the wrong network at the wrong time. So we very lucky to get that second shot. That journey that you took, which was through the classical Hollywood, go to the, you know, grinding your way through LA, right? Are, are you kind of upset that you're not in this era where like you can literally be on the internet and start from, you know, one subscriber and, um, you know, I, uh, you know, we all, you know, I would be lying if I said I didn't, we didn't, Kenny and I didn't want to be a huge success in, in the United States. Um, that wasn't happening for us. And there's reasons why I think, I think if we were given a fair shot, we would have had a better chance, sure. but there's a lot of politics, which I can get into if you want to, it's kind of boring, but anyway, um, I, I I'm enjoying the internet, the, you know, I've got a show that I'm going to start doing a kind of weekly or bi-monthly uh, uh, show. Uh, and, you know, I got my green screen up over there. I saw you doing some live streams. It looks fun. Looks like a good time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it, it, you know, it's always about monetizing. I know I get uh, labeled as being greedy and all this stuff. But the truth is, I like to provide for my family. And, uh, you, know, you know, my counter to that is if there's one person on this planet who has suffered enough. I think it's you. So it's like, come on, guys. Come. I don't know. I would think there's Holocaust survivors that would. Well, part of okay. It. But yes, I in the TV realm, uh, I've certainly taken my 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 chops. But it's just how I want to do things. And, yeah, sure. And, you know, and the marketplace has a way of working itself out. So the Zoom calls, for example, uh, I've done because all my touring has been canceled because of, of COVID. Yeah, so, no, of course. Yeah. So I push that hard and I get a lot of angry blowback about the pricing, this and that. And the reality is it's doing great. I'm, you know, you just, you, you I, I had a, you know, a real lesson to learn, you know, starting out with Kenny versus Benny and chat rooms and internets, you know, how to, what to ignore and what not to ignore and what to work with. So I learned how to weave the trolls into the comedy in a sense and they become almost a character on my page. So I use them. Yeah, yeah, uh, of course. It's all about perspective uh, too, like how you view these things, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm very confident. I've always been confident in my abilities to do things, but I, I'm terrible at business. I don't like schmoozing. So that part of it, uh, Kenny has sort of been historically better than me at, and he's been doing that uh, for himself and for both of us. And and you know what? It's uh, There's a certain point where, you know, I pinch myself that I'm still, after all these years, you know, being creative one way or the other and earning a living for my family. I, it, That's it, really it, the dream for most people, right? To do something they enjoy. Yeah. That's something 99.9% .9 people will never experience, you know? Yeah. You know, and I'm very grateful for it. And I'm also proud of myself because, you know, there are many, many moments that I could have given up or gone another direction. And, you know, there's a price to pay for it. Of course, sure. it's not all good. The, you know, I'm, I, I, I basically, you know, live kind of month to month, uh, especially now with the, all the shows being canceled, there's no pension, there's no all that stuff. So, you know, but that doesn't exist for a lot of people anyway. Right. So. Right. Yeah. You could have gone the other way and you could have ended up at the same place. Right. But you would yeah. have been much more miserable doing something. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, so, you know, again, it's, I just love being creative, you know, and I, and it could be a, a stupid little creative thing, like the great unblocking, which I'm doing tomorrow. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just fun. Yeah, of course. It's I, just, it is, it, it's fun. And, and, uh, you know, I don't know what people think of me. And, and as soon as I stopped caring, it became a lot more fun. Right. You know? Right. Just, you know, follow, follow your muse and, you know, let the market decide. I mean, if, 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 if people, if all of a sudden, you know, nobody's getting zoom calls, nobody's wanting to do anything with me, you know, then I'll 
I'll reassess things. But right now it's going reasonably well. I opened the YouTube channel, um, you know, and it's good. It, I think I you're finding your content. I think you're finding what people want to see. I've noticed some of your videos. Like I know which ones are kind of doing better. Like some of the rant videos are doing better. People love to hear you yeah. rant. So like, you're kind of figuring out almost yeah, like 100% content not just in. not just what the content is but just how to do it how yeah to, of course how to work it in and, and you know uh, frankly I'm, I'm working with this guy Jonathan Brown who uh you know is just been terrific for me great co-creator um and uh super funny and and supportive and a fan he's a fan which you know, I, it's, I still have trouble believing I have fans <laughs> right. but um you know, so it's, it's just, you know, it's just different. And, and then, you know, touring will come back, I assume at some point and uh, back doing music and comedy, but I'll continue doing this online stuff because, you know, again, if it makes no money, I won't do it. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, I just, I'll always try to find a way to be creative and make money at the yeah, same time. Yeah. You know? I think so, you can earn both of those things. I don't think that's a crazy thing to go for, but that yeah, question. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I had a question about, I, I feel like I haven't, maybe I'm wrong. I haven't seen too many origin stories of how you actually came up with like the first premise and first script for Kenny versus Spenny. Like, was that, well, you, you know, sit Kenny, down and yeah. Yeah. Kenny will say that he came up with it. Uh, I don't remember who came up with it. I don't care. So let's just say he did. It'll make him happy. And it, it's possibly true. I, you know, I don't know. Um, but it came about as a result of the deal that we did with Will Smith's company. Uh, they asked for three or four ideas, uh, which is a sort of a philosophy, uh, philosophic uh, process in terms of you go pitch. And if they don't like one idea, you go to the next one. Some people don't like that philosophy. They like to go in hard with one. And, you know, but that was one of four shows that we came up with. Um, And uh, what were the other ones? uh, Anything anything actually like the only one I remember is was sort of a real life testies if you know kenny's series testies i've heard of it. i haven't watched it but yeah so it, it was basically like i think it was called guinea pigs and we were gonna put ourselves up for experiments <laughs> <laughs> um you know i yeah uh you know uh I, i'm glad that they went with kenny versus benny though both kenny and i you know didn't like aspects of shooting that show part of that uh sadistic audience thing that that you know there was no way around it for us, right? right. Like, That's a big thing that no one ever talks about. Because, like, I always say, like, oh, Spenny wanted to quit because of this episode or because this. Was there any times where, like, Kenny was just maybe because of the politics, the show being canceled or? You know? Um, I, you know, I never, no, I never really knew him to want to quit the show. It was always me. Kenny is, uh, he's a strange guy, man. He's, you know, it can be very, very focused and very uh, caring and micromanaging. Uh, and then he can be totally not. So it's one or the other. But with Kenny versus Spenny, I think he liked the content, uh, saw that the show was successful, was making us money. So he really he really put a lot into it. And uh, I don't recall him ever saying, I mean, I remember me making him very angry for different things. And, uh, you know, and from the way I walked out of promos, I, you know, I did all kinds of sort of it sounds like it was uh, diva behavior. But with me, it was mental you know, mental health behavior. Sure. Like, well, considering what you were going through at the time, I think it's pretty reasonable, I would say, for most people to put themselves in that situation, right? I think so. I mean, you know, maybe I could have been more professional, but again, I've never, you know, one of the things with being me, uh, I don't know if Kenny feels that way. I, you know, we, we, ne- we never, we don't really know what we are, right? Because we're not actors in the traditional sense. Um, right. 
So, you know, what the fuck are we, you know, to me, I, the closest I can say is I'm a personality. That's it. You know, and, and, you know, a comedic personality or a comedic, I don't know what the word is, but uh, you know, so we're really on our own track, you know, I've never, and I'm sure Kenny has never auditioned for anything. We've never really worked on other people's projects very much. I have more than he has. So we're sort of uh, fiercely independent and we don't really fit into any, uh, classic show business uh, parameters. So I, I, I literally, I, I don't know what the fuck it is that I do <laughs> other than I try to make people laugh and right. I play. That's it. But this is what probably made it so hard to like pivot even after like a successful show like that, which is, it's no doubt that was one of the most successful shows in like Canadian broadcast history. Right. No, I don't know about that. But no, anyway. maybe no, I don't. Comedy. Kenny says, Kenny says shit like that. Um, you know, the trailer park boys were a lot more popular than we were, for example. Um, you know, but we're we're thrilled with the success. I would call it more of a boutique kind of success uh, or cult status than mainstream. But um, we're thrilled with it either way. Right. You know? Sure. Of course. Was it hard working in, you know, during that time with television networks and then constantly getting, you know. Well, you know, like I said, the 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 pilot was you know, the misunderstanding there was they, well, they weren't a comedy network, first of all. And they sort of, I don't know if, how old you are, if you remember Spy versus Spy from my Mad Magazine. Anyways, they wanted a, a kind of Spy versus Spy show where like if Kenny got, you know, six pit bulls to attack me, then I would come back with 12 pit bulls. Oh, boy. And it was not at all what we were contemplating ours was much more real and, and personality based so they so they as i said pulled the plug on it but uh, so that's where the network has a whole lot of power and they use it i mean they can't do much more than turn off the show and then cancel it so um but then when we got to cbc and to a certain extent showcase they really let us do our thing and they and we didn't know if it was a canadian thing because historically in Canada, going back decades, bad shows could stay on the air almost forever. And then it became a little bit more sort of the US model of if you don't have the numbers, the ratings, you're gone. Uh, still a kinder, gentler version of that. But, um, you know, we we got away with a whole lot of shit, especially on Showcase uh, that I, I I've, I've said this lovingly that it was neglect, you know, on their part, and, you know, and thank God for it. They might, you know, I wasn't in the offices. Maybe they just loved it and said, let, let them do their thing. They're doing a great job. I don't really know, but that we had very little to answer your question. Very little network interference. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you, very lucky. you always talk about how, you know, if you were to come back, you know, do a show today, you would do it differently, but I don't know if you've gone ever into detail, about what that means, like how, how do you think you would do the show differently? I don't remember no. ever. I, I, I could possibly, but um, how would I do it differently? I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't know. I think you got to be in the moment. You know, it really will depend. I mean, you know, we're, we're not going to do something where we reverse roles, right? That wouldn't be real or honest or authentic. so I, I, you know, I'm not really sure uh, what I would do differently because so much of what worked in the original show was, was my keeping my eye on the prize and doing what quote unquote every man would do in a competition, seek expert help, practice, and try your best. And the right way, yeah, the right way, the right way. Uh, which I happen to believe greatly in in general. 
about life. So that's why it's very real to my personality. And he, Kenny's exact opposite. I mean, he, yeah, that was a good moment. I watched a, an episode last night with my little cousin. It was the, <laughs> it was the one with uh, who can create the most, most sperm. And you won that contest. You won it. You, you filled it up with shampoo and he can, he bought it. He's, he was hooked in all the way. And then at the end you told him, Hey, I cheated. So like, I think that moment kind of envisioned or embodied what the, you know, character differences were. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, when you're doing a show as stupid as Kenny versus Benny, it, it, it's, it, you feel almost dumb trying to apply, you know, your real self or your worldview or your sure. ethical philosophical outlook. But occasionally I would do that regardless. <laughs> and then I realized that that's really who I am. Like, uh, you know, I, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I, there's no strategy with me, right. I, I have very little strategic thought. I have, creative thought and I put it out there. Uh, I don't, and that's to my discredit oftentimes, uh, to be honest, uh, you know, but you know, where Kenny's much more strategic about diabolical. Yeah. And I'm talking about beyond Kenny versus Penny, just his career, how he plots out his career and his projects where um, I'm just, I don't have that. And I don't, you know, I'll listen to people if I, if I, if I respect them, you know, and they say, don't do that one, or, you know, that's too much or whatever, but, you know, again, it doesn't happen very often. So. Yeah. Terrence and Philip from South Park. I want to ask about this. I don't know if you know those characters from their show. Yeah. Yeah. Did you draw any, you know, uh, inspiration, I guess, or like to take any ideas from. I thought, to be honest, I, not being a huge South Park fan, I, I, my, I thought that they were us, that they, yeah. us. I mean, oh my God, farting on each other on a couch uh, in uh. Canada. I mean, it, it seemed like us, but um, Terrence and Philip. Yeah. I, I, I never really, even though I certainly got to spend time with the South Park guys uh, because of season four uh, where they came on board. Um, I never, they never, I found they never really answered many questions that we asked them about their work. They were very in their own bubble kind of. I don't know. Like I remember when I first met them first time I really met them and I asked them about Lemmy Winks, which was the episode, the gerbil. I just thought the name was so funny. And where did that name come from? Lemmy Winks. And they wouldn't tell me, or they didn't know, or they didn't care, whatever it was, it was completely unsatisfying answer <laughs> uh, to a non-existent answer. So, um, yeah. I wonder if those guys just operate on like a different frequency or something. They have to surely, right? To, to- well, I think they're a little like us or we're a little like them in terms of being outside the system. Um, you know, they've got their own South Park studios. They've they figured out a way to use satellite technology with the animation, which essentially uh, means that they're final uh, cuts for the shows land like uh, hours before it airs, which right. consequently makes it impossible for uh, network executives to control <laughs> what they do. Um, so they're sort of outside the system guys. Uh, Kenny knows uh, Matt very well. He knows them both, but uh, I, 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 we had a bad experience. I had a bad experience with them. I think right off the top with a, a, a drinking uh, situation. Yeah. Uh, which Kenny likes to talk about. And then I argue that that's probably why they, uh, uh, you know, because 
they saw how crazy we were. But anyways, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, yeah, it's so funny. The Terrence and Philip thing was like four or five years before the show, and it was so spot on and almost like a glitch in the Matrix, like two Canadian guys farting on each other. And then that episode happens like six years later. So that so sorry the so the timeline is Terrence and Philip were before. I ever- don't know if that episode specifically was, but Terrence and Philip first appeared in like 1998. I think I could be wrong. Terrence Philip first episode. Yeah, it was. It, I think it predated Kenny versus Spenny. Okay, uh, well, April first, 1998. Yeah. So that doesn't. So that. So we were on before that, weren't we? Were you Were you on before that? Yeah, we'll go look at season one. I, I I'm terrible with chronology. I 2002 was season one. That was when the show started. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then I'm wrong. I'm thinking a pitch. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. All right. So that's just a coincidence. But it's one of those funny things, and like even you see it in Simpsons a lot, where they kind of predict the future with a random cartoon joke that's like 13 seconds in the show. Someone finds it, like, oh my god, they predicted the election. Oh my god. They predicted the pandemic, you know. I've never, I've never seen that, but I believe you. No, <laughs> there was one where Trump, I believe, is at like the mall, and like it was like a 20, 20 years ago this episode or something like that, and he's like waving, he's waving hands, like he's gonna be the next president. And okay. Then, like, literally, that image happened when he went to a mall in like twenty sixteen, and it's like side by side. You're like, Did these guys have like access to the future or something, because it was spot on. I doubt it, but okay. <laughs> um, I had some other like smaller, I guess, kind of questions. Not really long topic questions. You had a female audience, a a, a pretty big female audience, apparently. I, it's hard to say, but yes, definitely the female audience. Did this surprise you? Did did you did you have any theories? I think it's I think it surprised us. I do. Um, I think everything surprised us. The fact that we got a show surprised us. I right. think uh, how good the show was surprised <laughs> us. How good we were surprised us. Uh, at least I'll speak for myself. But, um, you know, I again, I guess I, my ego is healthy enough to say, hey, you know, why wouldn't girls like like us? Sure. First of all, everybody's attracted to people on TV, period. That's true. And you were younger and I think somewhat attractive and funny. And, you know, so it never really, you know, surprised me once we got over the fact that there you know that it happens that there were women involved it made sense was there any crazy girl fans or you know like um yeah i mean yeah i mean uh you know i've had uh, crazy women in my life before television during and after but um you know we 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 play some places you know and live touring and girls oh. up in the hotels screaming down the hallways looking for us stuff like that but uh Awesome. It was all very manageable and fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, the tour seems like a, such a was such a great idea when you guys came up with it. I went to see it here in Windsor. Even my cousin saw it in like Germany in Munich. You guys went to Munich. Where, yeah. Where did you? Yeah, we we played Germany, uh, three cities in Germany. Yeah. So you saw us at what that weed place? Yeah, the weed place in Windsor. Yeah. Okay. I saw you do a, a live colonoscopy, and yes. I was pretty out of it. And I just it it was just the most entertaining hour in, in quite a while. I'm not gonna lie to you. Oh, good. I'm glad. You know, it's again the act is the live act is very unique. I, I, I in, in you know, in whatever my historical knowledge is of stand up comedy, I, I, I don't really have. I've never seen anything quite like what Kenny and I do. Um, and over the course of the, 
five or six years we've been doing it, we've really tried to make make it a, 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 an act that you don't have to know Kenny versus Spenny uh, to enjoy it. It was memorable. That's the, that's the probably the best word I would say. It's just memorable. I don't know if there's any other shows that stood out in my mind like that one. Yeah. So another. So, yeah. Sorry, yep, go ahead. But that's it. Um, I had another question somewhere. I believe they said they were it cost you guys 400,000 an episode at one point. I think so. How, how does that? I don't know much about the biz or how the like how the pricing works. How does that work? That seems like an excessive amount of money for to someone like me looking from the outside. Yeah, well, it's not because we had a team in place, not just a technical team, but a production team. You're looking at editing, uh, having three editing bays going with three editors. Um, your camera rentals. Sometimes camera people brought bought their own equipment. Uh, you know, you're filming set. seven days a week. No, we were filming three days a week usually, unless the competition went longer. Um, and, uh, you know, editing, sound mixing, all that stuff you, you have to pay for. It adds up, right? It adds up. <laughs> the camera- and then our salaries, I mean, you know, oh, true. we yeah, weren't working true. for nothing. So, you know, it really does add up. And it's very easy to blow through that kind of cash on a TV series. I mean, there's levels to this game, right? Because like Ray Romano made like 1.2 million an episode of everyone loves Raymond. That was just his cut. So I can't imagine how much that show was to, you know, with all the people they had on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what happens. You know, uh, as soon as it, it's funny, you can sign a contract, but it's like an unwritten law in Hollywood that if, if you're Tony Soprano or whatever that actor's name was, I'm forgetting now. Uh, and he decides after season three, the producers are making so much money off of my work. They renegotiate. Right. It's strange that they even allow it, you know, right. but the, the one defense is, you know, I'm not feeling well today. I, I, and you can't do the show without him. Right. right? He's oh, so but, valuable. He knows that. Right. And uh, everybody gets burned when a show first starts. Everybody, everybody gets burned creatively. And then if, if the show is lucky enough to be successful, then there's the leverage that you never had. And you the camera guys are also kind of, to me, unsung heroes of the show, right? Because they're like almost like the most ultra hardcore Kenny versus Penny fans because they just want pure entertainment. And well, it's more out. it's more Sebastian was a hardcore. I wouldn't call him Kenny fan, but a pal and was very similar. And they known each other so long that, you know, Sebi really knew how to, you know, because some days you're just lazy. Some days you're. You're not, your head's not in it. Sebi was very good at, at putting Kenny on, on track where I think the people that worked with me uh, was, I'm just a totally different animal, the way I approached the show, the way I approach comedy. So it, it, it didn't require really uh, a fan as much as just someone who would, you know, push me to go further with the ideas that I had. The Brian and Kevin were great at that. And uh you know, do you, um, do you look back and talk to those guys a lot? And, and how, uh, what do you know, they have the show? I'm I curious. haven't spoken to Kevin in a lot in quite a while. Uh, you know, he's got a, uh, I think he's got one son, Max, and and uh, Brian's got a kid now. I speak to Brian a fair bit. Brian, I just find him hilarious. He's very dry, uh, has a sense of humor, which I enjoy. And, um, so uh, I speak to Donnie Rose. In fact, I just uh, videotaped a Zoom call with Donnie Broadway, Donnie Rose, who was worked with me for season two and three, I think, or four, season two, two and three. Um, 
and we videoed it and I'm going to put it out on my YouTube channel for KBS fans. Um, you know, Kenny, obviously, uh, Sebastian, I just worked with Sebastian and Matt Merrick on uh, pal, uh, pandemic, pandemic, which we did in Canada and uh, for Canada. That was for, great. I liked it. Yeah. CBC. It was OK. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you don't speak to them. You know, you know, the thing is, people th- sort of see you as frozen in that sort of time <laughs> that I still live in the house somehow. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not married with kids and I don't, you know, so that's kind of how it feels with me. So you grow, you, you, you move, you, you, everybody's got kids. Now we know none of us or very few of us. Like I had kids, my first set of twins I had in the uh, first, uh, what is season two or three, you know, oh, that's wow. But nobody had kids then Kenny didn't. And uh, now people are married with kids and different jobs. So, you know, time, life goes on, life goes on. All right. Um, I had to ask Dr. Goldfield. That is one of the weirdest characters I get. Not weirdest, but well, no, I think uh, weirdest is probably the right word. <laughs> weird works. Yeah, he's a weird guy. I want to, what's his backstory? How the hell did he come into the show? And you no, know, Kenny has always had a affinity with finding characters. I, I don't know. I, I've never even asked him where he, he must've stumbled into his store and talked to him and thought he was hilarious. Um, so that you'd have to ask Kenny. I don't know how he finds them, but he does find them. He's Just random he people. Loves to, yeah. He curates characters. <laughs> no, that's that's what he loves. He brings loves. out the character in the random person that he finds. He's like, can I use this in a show? <laughs> Something like that. I, I don't even know. I don't know how he came across Goldfield. It could have been as simple as the the uh, he asked for some kind of um you know korean yeah <laughs> give me the weirdest doctor in the back of the like the yeah and then book. you know one of the people on the payroll you're asking why was a you know a social researcher you know we would we would bring in the content that we needed for each episode and we wouldn't sit in the phones and do it we had we paid people to do that so, uh they might have found this person then kenny goes to check on them to see if he likes them if they're and he probably saw goldfield and knew within three seconds this guy is gold yeah yeah. right um i had some smaller questions the weed episode i know i may you probably talked about it so i apologize if i'm asking again how much weed did you guys actually smoke do you remember no I, i i i'm not a I'm not really a weed smoker anymore. So um, I've got arthritis. So I'm taking a little bit of CBD and C- a little bit of THC just for the pain. But um, uh, no, I uh, I don't remember. I I hated doing that episode. I yeah, that, that seemed like a rough one. Yeah, it's just, you know, you know, just to have to, you know, we did it. We, 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 we. You know, we sucked it up and did it. And I'm glad we did it, but it was shitty doing it. It's like the acid with an octopus on your head. It's yeah, not. I can't imagine. Um, what episodes did you think were going to suck, but did well and, and vice versa? Um, was there a lot of those? You know, it's an, I've never been asked that one. Um, which ones sucked? Uh, or you thought like when you were right, because when you're writing all of these down, essentially you don't know. You're just kind of hoping that, you know, this well, I don't know. What, I don't know what Kenny's going to do. Right. That was how produced the show that was very key that i was dark about what he was going to do and that my camera crew and my technical crew knew what he was going to do but i didn't you know so we caught it but um uh no i i i uh 
I never really thought this one's going to suck. I, I don't recall thinking that ever. You know, I always thought I, I have a great uh, confidence uh, in myself and in uh, both Kenny and I's ability to make things funny. So, seeing a good idea, essentially seeing a good premise, right? Yeah, I mean, Kenny's Kenny's uh, thing was that he always wanted to do competitions that sounded funny, which was probably a very smart thing where I wanted to do like badminton and golf, which would have been hilarious. No question about it, but you know, they, it wouldn't have looked as good in TV guide. You know what I mean? As who can make a better woman or, you know, who do women like more and be in a gorilla suit the longest, right? Yeah. Yeah. Funny enough though, like we're in the current state of YouTube, 90% of the work is in the title and the thumbnail and the content yeah. is like almost secondary. It's like, you know, everyone can it's have good content, but you need to click, you need to get people to click on it. Yeah. Well, that's the you hard know, part. That's the, yeah, that's the sort of, you know, downside to, uh, you know, cable and internet and streaming is that there's just so much out there, but that's true with everything now with this information age where there's so much information out there. This is how, you know, people can, you know, vote for Trump and, you know, because no one knows what's real anymore. There's so much, so much out there. We're in the age of information, yet it's the most convoluted it's probably ever been with information, right? Well, that movie Idiocracy talks about it quite, quite well, you know? Yeah, it's a perfect movie. Um, Paldemic, what was the main goal of that? Because was the Well, I didn't even know. Kenny went and uh, apparently had cut a deal for some show, and then he decided that, you know, let's just, we'll do it with Spenny, and they brought me in very late in the game. Um you know, so it was just, it was one of those sort of, I just showed up and what's, you know, what's going to happen. Let's see kind what of we thing. can do. We can turn all I knew was, all I knew was that, you know, we were going to be in isolation, that, that it was during COVID. And so I glammed onto that, you know, we're doing a COVID special. I'm going to do, I'm going to have my, my stick, my distancing stick. I'm going to know uh, all the things about COVID, what you're supposed to do, what, what not to do. And then I just rolled with whatever punches that there were. And, um, you know, was there a bigger plan for that? Because the way the trailer, I guess, is marketed, or it seems it seems like it was going to be a couple episodes, but was it always supposed to be one episode? Always a single episode. Oh, really? That I'm aware of. Oh, man, that's really I, I don't know. To me, it seemed like there was a, a part where like you guys went to talk to a therapist. Right. But that never ended up making the show. Or was it just footage that was not used? Maybe. Um, it might be another trailer. I don't know where you would have seen it for something else that we were uh, trying to get going. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. It was a therapist uh, from Intervention. Man, I don't know. I, I, okay. I don't have that. Um, yeah, the, the the weird thing to me is like the show seems to have a popularity and still has an audience. Uh, I mean, to this day, I think it has probably like over a billion views if you could calculate all the times it got taken down and, you know, got removed from certain countries so what's the biggest challenge or hurdle bringing it to if, if you were to come back and do a, any show in general i guess what's the uh, biggest hurdle coming back well it's just for anybody the uh, famous or not famous or with the track record it's hard to get a tv show on the air it's just very hard uh for example everyone goes netflix why aren't you guys on netflix well you know netflix when it first started maybe but now they're too corporate they're, they've become too big yeah. And, you know, this is what happens with film festivals and stuff like that. It's not that they become too big. They've attracted now the biggest stars in, in the U.S., you know, uh, who want to do, you know, the crown or you know, all over the world, not just the. And so now you're competing against that. Um, 
it's just hard. It's just a hard business. It's, uh, you know, Kenny thinks, Kenny thinks that uh, executives don't really know how, how big we are. And I don't know if that's true or not true. Um, I would never say that because I don't know, but he's pretty good at saying stuff that, you know, and it may be true. Sure. And, uh, you know, and there's always the, 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 you know, the me too movement cancel culture thing. Do we, do we fit into that? I think we do perfectly, but I, I don't know. You know, it's just one of those things you can't, they never give you an honest answer. If someone passes on a show, um, that's kind of unfortunate. Know. Cause then you have this, like, you know, un, you're not fulfilled with, or maybe well, they tell you something, but I, you, you know, know, it's not all, the truth, right? Well, you don't. Yeah. I mean, every network has agendas, you know, and, uh, and, and you have to hit the right agenda at the right time. Right. So, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, and I, and I do think most people, your average Joe or whatever, they have really naive pretty much about show business, even with all of the movies about show business and everything. Uh, people, when I talk to them in touring, they don't even understand like how tours work and how you make money touring, <laughs> right? And, you know what it's all about. And, or they always and, tell you to do a Kickstarter or Patreon or something, right? That's yeah, a lot of that. And 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 we we tried that with Jamie. I don't know if you remember Jamie. Yeah, and he only got like 10k from 40 something, or something. Like that. And that was for this, you know, KVS. So I that put a sort of sour taste in my mouth about about that. But I'll. If there's a if there's money to be made with it, I'm not against doing it again. But it made me think if we couldn't, and then I would see people getting two hundred thousand dollars who I'd never heard of doing <laughs> yeah. what. So I I don't know what they were doing that we weren't doing. I to me it seemed like if we ask for a reasonable amount of money, we should be able to get it based on our following and track our record. Yeah, you know. But I, I don't know. Maybe we didn't. We let Jamie do it. We didn't put enough into it. I'm not sure. But. Um, yeah, that's easy. I mean, I still get people saying to you, you guys should do another season. <laughs> it's so easy it. to say that from the outside. Not well, the it's like, of I don't think we've thought about that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we man, don't like easy money. On, <laughs> yeah, you, you should be on Netflix. There's an idea. Okay, good. You know, <laughs> some stoner box. Should, should I breathe in and then out? Is that the next thing you're going to tell me? You know, like, come on. <laughs> right. right. But you have to be nice. Well, I don't have to be nice because it's part of my shtick. <laughs> right. I mean, they ultimately, they're just a really like a big fan. Like they just want to see you. I mean, no, and that's the other yeah. thing, of course. But I'm, we're talking about the, the the naivety about how difficult the business is to navigate and how tricky it is to monetize. You know, uh, that's it. And, and you know, part of the social media ethos is is everybody's got a platform and an opinion now. Right? Of course. Of and course. Needs to be very little uh, study or very little uh, knowledge or very little research. They just people bloviate their opinions, and I do too. But you know, so it's a it's a cacophony of fucking shit, basically. And you gotta sort of find your way through it. And you know, I'm I'm always trying. I'll give myself that. Yeah, you have to. You have to kind of keep. I mean, in this space, at least. Well, I don't have to. I could I could go dig ditches and do something else for a living. <laughs> well, I, yeah, that's I gonna be a rough but, one. Yeah. I mean, you know, but uh, I like doing this, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, I won't. I mean, it's, it's not even like it's a choice, right? If you can't earn money doing something, you have to do something else. So far I've been lucky and, and uh, uh, I'll keep, I'll keep doing it until such a time that there's no profit in it. And then I won't be able to do it anymore. At least I'll always play guitar. I'll always be yeah, funny. You have something that you love to do. That's kind of big. Yeah. Um, this was a behind the scenes kind of question because there was an episode I was watching the, the radiation one where, okay, so that you didn't actually get radiated or did you? 
No. Okay. So here's my question, I guess. They were saying that you were like starting to pick up on Kenny's like little tricks and, and all his little schemes and you were trying to look back at footage from the camera crew and then he got next level and he started planting footage, right? Is that how that went down? Uh, that's, I, I, I have to say, I've never heard that before. No. I mean, it was in my interest in the show's interest for me not to spend all my time thinking about what he was going to do to me. Right. Uh, you know, because then what I would, uh, we do a competition and I'd hide somewhere in the city, not going to make a great show. So there's, there's pragmatic, uh, things that, you know, you have to do to, to produce a TV show. So, uh, me, me, uh, being, uh, defensive was not going to make a good show. Sure. So it was decided very early on by myself and Kenny agreed that you, you just do your thing, you know? And I, and it wasn't like I didn't know he was going to do something cheaty or whatever you want to call it. It was just, uh, I didn't know what it was going to be. And I was too busy doing what I had to do to, to win the competition. So it was, you know, it just didn't do anybody any good if if all I did was care about, you know, it bothered me that he cheated. I said that throughout the whole series and uh, I predicted different things occasionally that were usually comedic in nature and not particularly realistic that he might do. Um, but I think people don't give you credit enough in the sense that not to butter you up too much here for fuck's okay. sake. So I apologize. Um, but he was pretty fucking devious. <laughs> like some of the ways he like i wouldn't have thought of half of these things if i was in the middle of it so it's like well, it's so know, easy from I, the outside looking in that's it's, kenny but that's kenny you know it, yeah you could you could apply that to uh, a, a business deal he's doing or beating me in a competition one of my favorite uh, kenny stories which i think really encapsulates his approach to life which was we we're at a place in la in beverly hills called nate now it's a famous deli and uh, we're eating and, you know, he's doesn't, he's not a big attention guy. Like he doesn't pay attention very much, but right. this time he was particularly, uh, it seemed distracted as we were talking and he kept going to the bathroom like four times. And I'm going, dude, like what's, you got the shits or, <laughs> or you got a urinary tract infection, yeah. what's going on. And then he finally explained to me that um, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg was sitting at a booth near us and he was with his son. So Kenny kept walking by the table in the hopes that maybe Katzenberg's <laughs> son would know him. Oh my God. And then all of a sudden he'd be talking to Katzenberg, who's a Hollywood yeah. know, icon. And, uh, you know, this would never occur to me. I mean, first of all, I wouldn't have known this way of thinking. Yeah, it's 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 a very smart, you know, that's the thing I, you know, I always try to give Kenny his due. I, I'm much more fair to him than he is to me. And that's always been historically true. In fact, the only times he says nice things about me is it whispers in my ear when he's really, really hammered, which is maybe three times <laughs> in my life. But um, so he's playing a character like most of the time. I think most people can. No, no, that's no, it's not a character. man. No, it's... I mean, like he's putting on the negativity always around like he's he's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. Yeah. That's yeah. true. He's, he's much more concerned with uh, how he's seen than I am. Obviously, I, I, I have no shame. And I, you know, I, I believe that I'm a reverse heel is the only thing I can call myself where at one time, maybe the 50s, you know, eating your vitamins and, you know, like Hulk Hogan saying your prayers and, you know, doing the right thing was cool. And then the attitude era hit in wrestling and the bad guys became the good guys. So to me, you know, uh, like I'll do stuff like I'll go on uh, my social media and I'll 
show, I'll find a video on YouTube of uh, some lady folding a fitted sheet, which is a very complex thing to do if right. you ever to do it. And I'll post that knowing it's just going <laughs> to. Yeah. Yes, fucking yeah. These people who think they're so cool. See, to me, nothing is less cool than trying to be cool. Sure. That's where I come from. Right. So, uh, but that's just my opinion and every, it's a very diverse world out there. So, but that's it. You know, I, I, uh, I, I find, I find comedy in that dynamic that, that sort of, I'm smarter than you, uh, you know, you're an idiot. You play video games too much. You know, they feel personally attacked. I don't principally funny about it. And, and it's very true to how I feel. So it's a win-win for me. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Um, believe it or not, we've already got 50 minutes. Uh, you're working on some content. Anything you want to plug, promote? Um, well, the, I can't really say what the show's coming, but it's going to be, I'm actually, that's why the green screen's up. I'm starting to shoot some stuff uh, the next day or two. Um, you know, uh, Kenny and I will hopefully hit the road again. Uh, one thing that we're really excited about is uh, when uh, when gigs start up again, we're going to uh, uh, take the five years of material that we've worked on, you constantly have to write new material when you're on the road because you can't play Edmonton with the same show you did the year before. So we're going to sort of do a best of all of our life performing and film it. Like, oh, re- awesome. like most of the time you see us online, you know, it's somebody in the audience with a fucking Yeah, phone. true. But so those videos go- get so many views. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. I know, but wait till we, we're going to do a real one with cameras and, you know, be slickly produced. and. So it's almost like uh, a comedy special, but it's in your own way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. very, very independent. And we'll uh, figure out how to make money with it. But it'll be it'll be a nice sort of time capsule for us because, you know, we've been doing these live shows and there really isn't any uh, decent video of any of it. Yeah, no, there well, isn't. Uh, little you know phone things of me sticking my finger up sometimes you know? <laughs> honestly so, uh, that's pretty clear in my memory if someone asked me to draw that out for them i could probably do a pretty solid well, i you know look i i have to say i mean I, i'm very self-deprecating and i'm i'm i think i'm very grounded but that prostate exam bit is pretty fucking classic by any <laughs> i agree by any generation <laughs> i any, agree I mean, it's perfect, right? Because he thinks I'm being humiliated and I think I'm doing a a, a cancer. Public a, service. A public service. <laughs> I think it's fucking brilliant. So I, you know, I'd like to get that really covered nicely on film. In fact, I wanted to do when we were putting it to rest, because, you know, you can't keep doing the same. That was our greatest closer ever, I would I hasten to say. And anyway, so, you know, that that I thought when I did the last one, I wanted like Mounties to come out with the rubber glove, you know, like it was a, <laughs> a, a an traditional like ceremony circumstance <laughs> for the final prostate exam. But we'll I'm sure I'll be doing it again for the. I mean, that also speaks about your fans. I mean, people like fans will be ruthless, but then you realize that like, you guys are the actual weirdos that are like enjoying all of this. Well, so. I, the funny thing about that was when we decided you know, when like Kenny would p- always pitch me ideas. And then when I say yes to something that he knows is, you know, oh my God, I can't, first of all, I can't believe he wants to do it. Second of all, it's going to be fucking phenomenal. So then it became, okay, well, Spenny's willing to do this, but will we ever get some guy in the audience to come up and let me? The truth is uh, all but one. Really? Yeah. Every time we found, sometimes it took five minutes to, to, to get someone to, you know, yeah, get yeah. the crowd going, come on, come on, yeah. you know, somebody, uh, and it's mind blowing. That's crazy. 
It's, it's, you know, and I, I don't think it's a big, and I tell them it's no big deal. You know, I don't think it's a big deal or anything. I'm, I'm not uptight that way, but the world is pretty uptight. And I, I thought for sure, great bit, but it's never going to happen. It makes sense for you. It makes sense for your fans. But if you like took that out of the equation and just show that to like a <laughs> random person on the street, you're like, wait, what? what someone, <laughs> someone actually wanted to get <laughs> fingered by this guy. Yeah. Again, you know, I, I don't like calling fingered. Okay. I, like, I like exam. Okay. Fair, fair. Yep. But and yeah, so that was, that was a great little bit. I, I kind of, I don't miss doing it, but I think it's one of the great, I, I, I would love to get that on like, you know, captured properly on film with Paul and Um, yeah, this is an hour. Appreciate your time. I'll leave your YouTube channel somewhere here so you can people can check it out. But thanks for coming. That's good. Send it to me, man. Sounds good. Appreciate it. All right, it. Nelly. Thanks, buddy. Have a good one. Bye.